There it is. Bang! Oh, did she go? Bang, that has gone over the fence into the Queensland Cricketers building. Alana Kings is licking her lips there. Thank you very much. It is a very warm welcome to the Cricket Library Weekly. My name is Matt Ellis and joining me as always, a very warm welcome to my co-host, Robbie McKinlay. A very warm welcome back to you, Matt. And um, I'll tell you what, we are doing this just minutes after Australia have uh, recorded a fantastic victory over the Kiwis. He can probably sense it in our voices that we're just a little bit more up and about than we were nine days ago. Absolutely, Robbie. I'm certainly up and about. I think my kids will have a bit of trouble getting to sleep. My wife's actually reading them a story right now to try and settle them down after all the excitement. Glenn Maxwell's batting was unbelievable. Great to see the skipper back in form. And, of course, all the excitement in the library here. Matt Fiction hasn't stopped talking about it. Ashton Agar, 6 for 30. I couldn't believe it. It was incredible. No. Absolutely it's incredible. Just one after the other. And, um, you know, at one stage, at one stage, I think Matty might have taken four wickets in seven balls. And then there was a drop catch on the eighth ball. It was just remarkable. But look, what a great comeback victory. 64 runs victory. Uh, the commentators are saying that the wicket wasn't that great to bat on. But I tell you what, I don't think these people know what a what an ordinary wicket is. They get it pretty good at that level. So, um, but yeah, fantastic and good to see Aaron Finch back, sixty nine or forty four balls, and a nice little cameo from Josh Philippi, uh, yeah. forty three or twenty seven. I really enjoyed that. But Maxi, oh, didn't he entertain? Eight fours and five sixes. He smashed one into a um in the stands. Yeah. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, I did see Ooh. that. That was incredible. The broken plastic chair. Thank goodness uh, people in the crowd weren't ducking for cover. That would have been that would have been a nightmare for the crowd there. Reminds me, actually, uh, Sydney Thunder played Hong Kong uh, at Wade Park Orange. And, I remember that, yes. Yeah, I was actually in commentary for that game with uh, Matty Taberner and Ben McCormack, and... Aaron and the kids were sitting up in the grandstand and a six actually landed on the seat next to Aaron and the kids. And Aaron was just so relieved that it didn't come straight to her because she, she, she would have been, uh, she would have been very shocked if that had happened. But uh, thankfully landed on the vacant seat. One of the few vacant seats at Wade Park. Someone must've been at the toilet or something when it happened. It was a big crowd that day uh, in orange for, for that one. Matt, it does raise the question, was there an element of disappointment with you that Erin didn't actually have a crack at the catch? <laughs> I think she was just keen to show off a throwing arm to ping it oh, back over the, uh, over, the yeah. over the rope there at Wade Park. Yeah. But, uh, Robbie, 2-1 in the series and very exciting uh, that we've got another game before the end of the week. I think that's about 4.30 p.m on Friday afternoon. So a great way to yep. kind of slide into your weekend with that one. But also on Friday, Robbie, it's the blockbuster. Dare I say we are in for an absolute barn burner at the Junction yeah, Oval. Okay. The w- Women's National Cricket League, hasn't it been heating up? Elise Villani's been outstanding. We'll, we'll talk more about WNCL in, in, a, in, in a little bit, but... 
in a huge yep. in a huge coup for the Cricket Library Weekly. Robbie, you caught up with Laura Jolly, and we're going to hear your chat with her in just a couple of moments. So that's that's very exciting for the Cricket Library Weekly. Yeah, a wonderful um, contributor uh, Laura is uh, to cricket, particularly the women's game. Um, she's the um, editor of women's cricket for Cricket Australia, but. Um, I've had the pleasure of um, spending a little bit of time in the commentary box with her at a few of the WNCL games, and um, I think you'll enjoy the chat. She's given some great insight onto her background and um, what's coming up in women's cricket. Yeah, and just so much intel. Having spent so much time with the players uh, during that WBBL period and really enjoy her articles on cricket.com.au and, of course, her intel in the commentary box. It's It's been a great combination there, the the teams covering the Women's National Cricket League. It was great to hear uh, former guest of the Cricket Library podcast, Maisie Gibson, in commentary at a couple of those games down in Blundstone Arena with Tubes Taylor down there as well. So a great package, the WNCL, for people like myself who can't get enough cricket. And why don't we go to that chat with Laura Jolly in just a moment right here on the Cricket Library Weekly. It's with great pleasure we welcome to the Cricket Library Weekly the women's cricket editor in digital media for Cricket Australia, the very talented Laura Jolly, and also a co-host of the Scoop podcast. Hey, thanks for joining us today, Laura. Thanks very much for having me. Well, Laura, it's great. Actually, I've been uh, seeing a little bit of you lately, haven't we, in the commentary position. So, um, first of all, how have you enjoyed that, uh, uh, tipping your toe into the commentary side of things? Yeah, it's been really fun. It's a whole new thing, but um, I was a bit scared to start off with. But just talking about something I love and and passionate about is actually really fun. Yeah, well, you've just ticked every single box, I think, to be a, a cricket commentator. And, and I don't mind saying, too, what a wonderful job you're doing, too, with all your great intel. But, hey, first up, I guess, um, LJ, could you explain what that very impressive title means and what your role is with CA? Um, yeah, it, it sounds probably a bit more impressive than it is. But um, basically, I work as a journalist for cricket.com.au, which is the digital arm of Cricket Australia. And my role is covering all things women's cricket, which includes touring with the Aussie team when they're away, covering the WBBL and also the WNCL. Yeah, not a bad gig. And uh, of course, you, your partner in crime, uh, Emily Collins, is also involved with you too. It's, she had a, got a similar role. It's like a job share arrangement, is it? Yeah, so Em's our social media expert for elite women's cricket. So she looks after all our social media channels, be it for the Australian women's team, the WBBL. She's also a whiz with Photoshop and, and all sorts of things. Okay, very good. Now, tell us about your background and how you came to uh, work in your current role. So I studied journalism and then did a cadetship with the local newspaper here in Melbourne, Leader. So worked there for quite a few years in sport and general news. And then the chance to do a five-month gig with the World Cup in 2015 came up doing ah. digital stuff for them. Uh, so I jumped at that chance, even though it was only a short-term role, and was just very fortunate that that turned into a full-time ongoing gig with cricket.com.au. And you got the, got the offer or the opportunity to um, do it a little bit on a bit more regular basis. Yeah, and there was really no one specialising in women's cricket at that point, so there was a bit of an opportunity there to create that role and it was perfect timing too. It was when the WBBL was introduced and women's sport was really starting to launch to another level. So it all worked out really well. 
And LJ, you, you mentioned you were working with the leader. Just for our um, listeners, that, that's sort of like a, a metro newspaper sort of that covers, looks after the suburbs. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. The um, the free newspaper, which sadly isn't being printed anymore, but would end up in the letterbox each week covering local councils, local sport, all that sort of stuff. Did you have to do the local uh, court cases and all that sort of stuff as well? Uh, didn't do much court stuff, but yeah, it was head off to the cops every week for a chat and <laughs> all sorts of stuff. <laughs> Just hope none of your relations are there. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, all right, now, what about you? What about your background? I know you obviously love your cricket. Have you any background in playing the game at all? I played some club cricket during high school and I was terrible. Oh. I think I got the award for best 12th man one year. Um, so I was pretty ordinary. I wanted to be Adam Gilchrist. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I was a rubbish wicketkeeper, rubbish at batting, and only a mediocre bowler. So. That didn't pan out so well, which was when I thought that writing about cricket might be a dream job. And did you dabble in any other sports at all? Played a lot of netball over the years. Um, a nice wing attack, wing defence sort of thing. Aside from that, just touch footy, dodgeball, very social sort of sports. <laughs> yeah, no, very good. And uh, yeah, well, look, I think we can all relate to that. We all had probably had aspiration dreams of playing at the highest level, but if you you can't play at the highest level. Just working in this current environment must be a great thrill for you. It is. I think I was a, in my early teens reading Steve Wars' Tour Diaries and thinking how cool it would be to be an Australian cricketer travelling the world. And I didn't even know there was an Australian women's team at that point. So I was always just thinking about being in the men's team and not being able to do that. I thought, well, being a journalist would be pretty cool because you could do the same thing and follow the team around. Yeah, there you go. And I think that's a great indication, isn't it, just how far the, the women's game has come, hasn't it? Like that's, you know, that might be just a bit over a decade or so ago. And it, it's just, it, I, I guess there's a, a, a level of, um, you must be pretty proud of where it currently sits. Yeah, it's amazing how far it's come. And just seeing the the passion on the online with people knowing, you know, having all these opinions on team selections and knowing all the players in WBBL, not just the Aussie team. It's just come so far in the last five years from when the WBBL was introduced. And LJ, I reckon one of the, another reason why the game is getting so much more exposure, and it's, I must admit it's one of my favourite podcasts, you and Emily uh, are the co-hosts of the wonderful podcast called The Scoop. So what are the origins and around that and the general content that you're looking for? So kind of start off in lockdown last year when every man and his dog was starting a podcast. So we sort of joked, oh, maybe we should have a women's cricket podcast. And um, the more we talked about it, we realised it actually wasn't such a bad idea. So when we came into the season for WBBL, we, we launched the pod and it's all the latest news for women's cricket. We have a bit of a chat about everything that's happened over the past week. And then we get on all sorts of guests from current players to former players and, and other figures around the game. I guess um, one of the good things that come out of the, um, the COVID, the lockdown and, and the hub at Sydney Olympic Park was that um, you and M were both there. So you had plenty of victims at your disposal to get on the podcast early days. Yeah, that was really fun too because we're mostly doing it over Zoom with um, lockdowns and restrictions. So actually being able to interview all these players in person was really cool and had some really rewarding chats with um, people like Jess Jonathan and even Barbie Jeb Chan, someone who fans may not know so well. So that was a, a pretty cool experience. Yeah, I, I think I used to enjoy it um, on my travels up 
to Sydney for the WBBL games, um, I'd make sure I listen to the most current um, the Scoop podcast. You'd get all the goss, all the stats, all the great information about what was happening in WBBL because that the Rebel WBBL 06 LJ, uh, you know, we, it was all played in that hub in Sydney, but what an outstanding success it was. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, I don't think anyone really knew what to expect out of it, putting all eight teams in one hotel together for two months um, with all these restrictions. But I think I had a really good fun time. It was a really rewarding experience and there was just so much good cricket played, even under you know, some pretty tough circumstances at times. Yeah, now, LJ, another one, another interesting point, I know that, and I read a really good article that you wrote about this, is that very shortly the Aussie women's team are heading to New Zealand. And, of course, we're currently right in the middle of the WNCL season. Just for our listeners, um, what, what sort of teams is this going to impact the most? Obviously, Victoria, with a lot, a lot of their star players, are going to be missing. If you could just give us a little bit of a brief on, on who do you think might be the most affected? Yeah, I think Victoria is the obvious one with those six Australians heading away. Um, but they're every chance to have locked in a spot in the final by the time those players leave. There'll only yeah, be two round matches left. So, um, And I think with Villani and Strano and some of the kids in that team, they're still a, a really good shout if they have qualified for that final so of actually winning it. New South Wales lose four players, including the player they had um, earmarked to be the filling captain after Elisa Healy left, Hannah Darlington. Oh, so... Yeah. Um, I'll have a, a bit of a gap to fill there, also losing Rachel Haynes and Ash Gardner. But they do keep Aaron Burns and players like that, so they've still got plenty of depth as well. And then I think South Australia will be the other main team affected, losing the captain, shoot, Tully McGrath and Darcy Brown. Yeah, uh, now just on Darcy Brown, I I think she's quickly becoming, you and I, one of our favourite players, uh, emerging fast bowler at the age of 17. It, just how exciting is that to have her do her first tour? Yeah, it's so exciting. She's so fast for someone who's only 17 years old. Uh, only just graduated from high school while she was in the hub last year. And when you think about how much potential she's got as she grows a bit older and stronger, it's going to be really interesting to see. Hey, LJ, and before we let you go, just on the New Zealand tour, if you would just want to let us know um, sort of the schedule, how the – when does um, sort of quarantine start for the for the Aussies? When's the first match, and when does the tour finish? And and what is the makeup of the of the whole itinerary? So the girls head off on March 13, and they've got to do two weeks in quarantine um, in Christchurch. So they'll still be able to train during that time. Um, they get released from quarantine, I think, 24 hours before their first match, which will be in Hamilton um, at T20. They play two more T20s in Auckland and Napier, assuming the schedule doesn't have to change with the current breakout in Auckland. And then they'll finish it off with three ODIs playing for the Rose Bowl Trophy, um, all at Mount Monganui. Wow. Yeah, plenty happening. Of course, you yourself not going over, you'll finish off the WNCL season, which is going to be a cracking finish. Yeah, it's really exciting. To um, going to be really exciting to see how it all pans out. It is a bit of a shame that the... Australian players won't be there for the the final. I think that would have been um, even more exciting, but it's going to be really interesting to see which kids and other players can step up in their absence. Yeah, looking forward to it. And looking forward to a, a, a big tour over in New Zealand. And, um, well, LJ, I'll uh, I'll catch up with you again shortly, I'm I'm sure, at a, in a commentary box somewhere. But um, thank you so much for your time. We really enjoy 
um, all the work you, you and Emily are doing on the scoop. It's a fantastic coverage um, of the women's game. And, um, yeah, thank you for joining the Cricket Library Weekly. Thanks for having me. A massive thanks to Laura Jolly for becoming the latest member of the Cricket Library family, chatting with Robbie McKinlay there. And, Robbie, what a great chat. What a humble and approachable, knowledgeable person Laura Jolly is and sharing some of her insights there. You know what I liked most about that, and this this won't Mm -hmm. shock you, that she loved reading Stephen Moore's Tour Diaries. I know. I was oh, just, yeah. I was just like, "How good yep. is this?" You know, I grabbed, I had hold of one of the his West Indian ones. Oh, probably only about two days ago. I saw it in the um in my um shelf there. I actually just plucked it out for some reason. I don't know why I was looking at it, and um, I just wanted to see which version it was. So yeah, I, I can relate to that. Yeah, I think I think most uh, followers of the Cricket Library, if they don't have a copy of something Stephen War related. I'm not sure why that would be. Like he's got that magnificent autobiography. Oh, just on his. Sorry, I'm going on a slight tangent here. But the Stephen Moore autobiography. When I was when I was dating Erin, who's now my wife. Uh, she she lived in Mildura, and I would I would catch a train from Sydney to Cootamundra. Then I'd, oh. I'd then I'd get out at Cootamundra. Oh, yes. I'd get out at Cootamundra and go to the birthplace of uh, of Bradman yep. and and do the captain's walk if I had time. And then I'd yep. get get on a bus and go down to Mildura. And it'd take around, I think it was around That's the fif- the fifteen hour mark uh, with yeah. all the, all the breaks in there. But I got I got through Stephen Roger War's autobiography in in the <laughs> process. It was a great yep. way to spend the trip. And yeah, I used to. I used because, to because um, that, well, that, that's before podcasts, I suppose, wasn't it? Yeah, it was before podcasts, and yeah, and what I loved about that as well is that Steve War apparently wrote it all in exercise books. What a hero! What a what a what a great story. Anyway, we can't. This isn't the Steve War show here. We've done enough no. plugging of Stephen War. What about the WNCL, Robbie? What a start to the season it's been for the Vicks. Yeah, it has, Maddie, and they've looked. They've gone five from five, pretty much on the back of um. Oh well, no, not one single player, but incredibly good team effort. But Elise Bellani has now got four hundred and twenty runs to the competition. She got her second one thirty plus for the uh, competition. So they are white. The you know what? The only little um, negative for their whole season is they were fined or lost half a point for a slow over rate against New South Wales. So they're on 21.5. Tassie, who have played one game left, are only a couple of points behind them. And they lost a very high-scoring close game to Taz, uh, to Victoria. Yep. And then, this is interesting, Queensland are making a little bit of a move. I'll tell you why, Matt. If you look at the ladder and you see, oh, yeah, Tassie are eight points clear of Queensland. Well, look again, my friend, because Queensland have played two less games. Queensland win the next two games. They potentially can go ahead of Tasmania. So this is this is getting very exciting. South Australia and New South Wales have almost can't afford to lose another game. You can put a I think you can put a line through OCT. I don't like saying that. Yeah, I don't and like defending, hearing that either actually. No, I don't I don't like saying it, but we're we're all about being real. That's uh, right. And yep. that's where we're at. And well if I'm gonna be real, Western Australia 
Matt, defending champion. Oh, no. Zero from four games. I think they are cooked. Yeah, I think so too, Robbie. I, and I don't like saying that either. But you know what's good about that is WA yeah. have good enough cricketers in their setup that they may spoil the party for a few teams on, on the road in to the yep. WNCL final. And don't be surprised if there's a yeah. few little permutations in how things are panning out before the end of the season, particularly given the Australian tour to New Zealand coming up very soon, which will impact some of the high rollers in the competition mm. as well. Mm. But but that game on Friday, Robbie, you're going to be down there calling the action for cricket.com.au. Is that one uh, coming to us on KO as well or just on the Cricket Network? Yeah, KO and Cricket Network, which will be fantastic. Right, look, I was so excited about the two New South Wales Victorian games at the junction a couple of weeks ago. Well, I reckon my excitement level is on par now because I watched Queensland on Monday in that massive total um, takedown Western Australia. Mm. Queensland versus Victoria on the junction oval, fast outfield, magnificent batting wicket. Matty, I think once again, both sides could go 300 plus. This could be another run feast and I am so excited about this contest. Oh, you, you look at the way that Beth Mooney has taken her game to another level at the 50-over format. She's more probably uh, highly revered for a work at the top of the order in the T20 format. But the way she yeah. batted the other day there, you, you were there, you were calling the action for that one and uh, a great partnership with the doctor, Dr. Georgia Redmayne. Oh. What, a, what a clinical effort, dare I say. Oh, I like it. Partnership was 259, and Beth Mooney's score of 163, that beats Grace Harris's highest score of 162, so it was a Queensland record oh, by wow. just the one run. Then Beth Mooney came out and kept wicket for the whole inning. She was, uh, it, I'm not sure, I would love to know how, the stats on what sort of how much um, weight loss she had during that inning. Oh. And then she came out and took a couple of great catches, so, but uh, yeah, it's fantastic stuff, you know. And Look, there's just one other player I want to give a shout-out to, mate. He's just gone under the radar a little bit. Mm. Nicola Carey, third-leading run scorer with 258 runs yep. and second on the wicket-taking with 11 uh. behind Molly Strano. That shows you just how strong um, this competition is. It is fantastic cricket. And just the final thing I'll say on, on the WNCL, Matt, from my perspective, Western Australia didn't bowl that bad the other day. In Queensland, score of four for 368. The batting was absolutely world-class. It was fantastic. One of the most enjoyable partnerships I've watched between Beth Mooney and Georgia Redmayne was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, definitely, Robbie. So we've got that game coming up on Friday, Friday the 5th of March, 10 a.m., Victoria v. Queensland at the City Power Centre down at St Kilda. We've got ACT taking on New South Wales. That one on... A Friday as well, same day, same yeah, day yeah. down in Canberra. Yeah. Uh, big action in those two. And then, of course, on the 7th of March, we've got two more games, Tasmania taking on Queensland. That's a big game, that, that one as well. Oh. The turnaround time, uh, pretty short there for Queensland to get down to Blundstone Arena in Hobart. And then the Meteors again taking on New South Wales. So 
Potentially, New South Wales could get themselves on a bit of a run. Oh, and then I should mention, mm. too, uh, 9th of March, we've got WA taking on the SA Scorpions at the Wacker Ground in Perth as well. Good to see some more cricket back well, at the Wacker. Matt, just go back to that game, Tasmania versus Queensland. Oh, yes. That could be the second place. Now, if Queensland happened to beat Victoria on Friday, two days later, they'll play Tasmania. And if it's Queensland win that, they will actually leapfrog into second place. And they will still have one game up their sleeve. So I think Queensland, at this stage, I'm thinking a Queensland-Victorian uh, uh, final could be on the cards. And it could be at the same venue, same two teams we're going to see on Friday. Make what you like of that, Matt. Well, hang on a minute, Robbie. I think for the entire time I've been following Women's National Cricket League cricket, New South Wales have played in every single final. Absolutely. You have responded so, in the manner I expected you so, to there. So now, I'm what just, about that? I'm just not sure how New South Wales aren't going to get on a run and find themselves in the final here. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, I suppose if you look at that, that they are only four points behind Queensland. Both played the same amount of games. So mm. maybe, maybe I might just be getting a little bit carried away there, but never write the breakers off. I'll, I'll, I'll be the last person to do that. I'll be keeping the faith, Robbie. Well, um, yeah. it's time yep. time for us to take a break. And believe it or not, we have a haiku poem already, hot off the press, uh, from the Australia v New Zealand T20 game. It's actually already gone live on the cricketlibrary.com. So those of you who uh, follow that feverishly uh, would have already read the poem. But Matt Fiction is going to be here to recite it in just a few moments. So I hope you uh, enjoy you. this one. Agar is the man. Australia back in business. Six for 30. Thanks. Absolutely remarkable, Robbie. (laughs) Was he writing, did he start writing that during the game? I can't. He hasn't had a stab in the dark at that. He couldn't. Just... just for those of you, just for those of you who are listening, it's eight fifty-eight PM now, and Matt Fiction had that published before eight thirty PM, and I reckon the game finished just before oh. eight PM Australian Eastern Standard Time. He was sweating on that one, wasn't he? Do you reckon he has sort of drafts up his sleeve, like he has a look at the yeah. team lists and he's maybe got a right because Riley yeah. Meredith making his debut, Adam Zampa playing. His hundredth one day international. You're thinking, yep. okay, I've got these these up my sleeve, and then bang, Agar, like that is that is world class. It's ha- it's hard to fault the work of Matt Fiction, and we have received we have received a few comments asking uh, where he's been because he hasn't appeared on the last two yeah. shows. But when he produces quality like that. Um, it's probably a bit of an oversight that he hasn't been on. So hopefully more of that coming and hopefully some more run feasts coming in the Marsh Cup. What a, what a game that was at the Wacker the other night there, Robbie. How did South Australia lose that game, Matt? At one stage there, they had nine wickets in hand. Mm. I think they needed, I think they needed 70, yeah, nine, was, they needed 90 off about 70 balls, nine wickets in hand. Somehow they lost it, but oh, you picking out the man of the match. Was it four centuries in that game? Yeah, just, like 
Harry Nielsen, there's a kid we hardly ever talk about, you know, a young guy doing really well, 110. Travis Head, this is one of the best one-day March Cup innings or domestic 50-over innings century that we've seen, I think. 142 of 86 deliveries, Mm. 15 fours and six sixes. Well done, Travis Head, because he's... um, he hasn't had the easiest of seasons, and he's bounced back beautifully. But the one that stands out for him in that innings, Matt, is oh, oh, Alex Carey nah. in an absolute run glut, um, running up the north without facing a ball, I believe. Yeah, on the back yeah. of on the back of a run out just prior to that as well. Have you have you ever been run out for a diamond duck, Robbie? No, no, I've been run out first ball, but it was my own doing. Yeah, uh, but no, never, never that faithful way. Yeah, same here. I've I've never been run out for a diamond duck. Thankfully, I have I have spoiled someone else's afternoon, or possibly a couple of people's afternoons. Uh, <laughs> un- unfortunately, with what'd you do? Oh, I don't know go if on. I really want to go into this publicly, but um, oh, I, look, if you if you, if you feel there could be recriminations like this, no, oh, but, um, it could actually it could actually be a chance for me to heal a few of the wounds that are still there. Right. I, I was Get playing. I was playing a, an A grade game, uh, just a club cricket in in Sydney, and at the time I was doing a lot of coaching, and uh, one of the no. guy, one of the one of the guys in my team, I actually coached his younger sister, and so yeah, um, the father would would uh, financially reimburse me to to, to coach oh, to coach the daughter no. and yeah. he came he 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 took time out of work to come to the game i was oh, no. i was in at the crease i'd been in for quite a while his son I know where this is going his son oh, comes no. out to bat i push one to cover call yes and no. he is run out without facing a ball and <laughs> The father leaves in disgust. Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, I was able to patch things up, and I, I did retain uh, my coaching uh, role. But it, it was just one of those ones where, where as the dad, you'd be wanting to say something like, "Oh, and if you're teaching my daughter running yeah. between wickets, can you just leave out the lesson on quick singles because you're not the appropriate person to be teaching anyone anything at the moment, mate." But, How um. How was the mood the very next time you put your hand out for remuneration? <laughs> uh, was it a bit out, or, or did you just put that one on the house? Oh, I just I think I might have I think I might have just been a very a very much more sheepish uh, mm. than than I would under normal circumstances. I didn't really have the swagger that I'd normally have uh, no. after that incident. Yeah, so. Anyway, oh, can we can we right. move on? Can we talk about yeah, the real cricket, please? Well, all right. Well, that's the South Australian innings. Of course, they were chasing runs. Yeah. They fell 13 runs short. Matty, uh, tell us about the partnership between Sean Marsh and Cameron Green. Absolutely magnificent. Oh, what a beautiful batsman to watch Sean Marsh is. I love seeing him in full tilt. He's just glorious to watch. And Cameron Green. Now, Cameron Green's coming off a double ton in club cricket not that long ago. He's been scoring a feast of runs in shield cricket and probably puts the Travis Head innings in perspective. Like Travis Head, 142 off yep. 86. Cameron Green's innings was sublime, 144 off 101. And everyone was thinking, 
you can't really get much better than that. So yeah, yeah just just a delight to watch to see two uh, players at the peak of their powers like we have uh, with with Marsh and Green batting together there. It was it was must it was must see TV so to speak. Hey, Maddie, just another little quirky one. I know you love your little stats. This has a lot to do with the scoring. I just noticed if you ever happened before, do you know of it that the number ten and number eleven batsmen mm. who both didn't get a bat both called Liam. Oh gee, that is a beauty. Yeah. yeah. So it's not anyway. It's it's not one to probably suck up a lot of air into, but I just. Yeah. And that'd be anyway, very hard to Google. That'd be something you'd have to know. Yeah, I know. That'd be something you just need to have in anyway. the back of your brain. And the, the Marsh Cup continues, Robbie, tomorrow. Uh, yes, it does, because every team's only actually played one game. Yeah. It's a bit hard to get their head around um, what has actually been happening. But, yeah, so all games, all teams on one. Um, good. I like the look of it. So we've got uh, New South Wales at the Adelaide Oval against South Australia. I would imagine, Matt, if you're going to have a sickie or a day off school, probably not a bad day to do it. Um, well, and it's a day-nighter. It's a day-nighter. So 2.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time. So that might yeah. be a – oh, no, I'm not going to encourage that. I'm a former school principal. I would not encourage yeah. well, taking time off school. You're actually going to miss about an hour and a half anyway. So go to school. <laughs> yeah, go to school. Get in the good books and then um, feast out. That's going to be a beauty. Great quality. I'm, I'm loving so much domestic cricket. Men and women on the on the big screen. It is so good. We just and this is great. But our domestic players, the South African tour is off. I know we've got a got a good crew over there at the moment in New Zealand for the one day series that'll start soon. But isn't it great seeing um good old fashioned first class cricket and, and um domestic cricket getting played, Matty? I'm absolutely loving it. It, yeah, it's it's a really good time to be a cricket fan at the moment. There's just so much accessibility to the top level players playing in our own backyard at the moment and the Adelaide yep. Oval that that'll be an absolute belter of a wicket there and can Travis Head just keep scoring runs like he's in a he's in a real purple patch at the moment as we mentioned runs in the shield runs in the marsh cup now heading back to south australia his his home patch uh good seeing Callum Ferguson Back in the uh, South Australian oh, colours as well. That was that was nice yeah. to see the other day as well. And New South Wales, D.A. Warner back at the top back. of the order. He's he's talking uh, a good game at the moment. He's sounding like he's ready to okay. go. And, um, yeah, I had a look at that press conference uh, from the airport. Uh, some, some good intel there around how he's tracking and, I'm looking forward to seeing him line up for New South Wales. It doesn't happen all that often anymore, and yeah, it's fantastic, isn't it? He'll be relishing. He'll be relishing that chance to to wear the blue uniform again, and we get to see Pat and, Cummins again for New South Wales, also. Yeah, Matty, and great to see Mitch Stark back in too, because you know we we really we feel for um, him and the family yeah. who lost his father. So yeah, so good on you, Mitch. Let's hope everything goes really well. Hope, and I'm sure it'd be great to get amongst all his mates again. So. Yeah, so go well, but yeah, we all on behalf of the Cricket Library Weekly uh, podcast team and everyone back in the library, we, yeah, we're all certainly thinking of the Stark family this time. Yeah, definitely, Robbie. And uh, yeah, just a really tough time. Um, and the the closeness of the group, you could tell that the, the rest of the playing group are sort of uh, carrying a bit of that 
sadness as well. Yeah. So uh, really good chance for them to all be back together there. And Shield Cricket's back at the MCG, Robbie. Victoria up oh. against Tasmania. P.M. Siddle for the Tigers oh, yes. against the Vicks. <laughs> Who would have thought, eh? Who would have thought? So if you have a look at that ladder, um, Tasmania need a win, Matt. They have they desperately gone through need five games. They've lost three. They had two draws. So they haven't had a win yet. Um, and poor old South Australia so close in that game against Western Australia. Mm. But um, the Vicks. The Vicks themselves have um they've had they haven't lost a game yet or, or have Western Australia but they haven't won many. There's been a lot of draws involved there. So um, Queensland out well out in front, a game to spare against second and third place New South Wales and Western Australia respectively. So Queenslanders are in good shape there. Um, but yeah, I'm probably as much as anything. How good to see Shield cricket back at the MCG. Oh yes, it's great. We've got we've got. Sheffield Shield at the MCG, 5th to the 8th of March. We've got Sheffield Shield at the Adelaide Oval, 6th to the 9th of March. That's South Australia v New South Wales. And then yep. the Gabbertoir. We're back at the Gabba. Queensland Bulls v WA, 6th to the 9th of March as well. So the premier venues getting some top-line cricket once again. And it is going to be a tough time for the internet server at my house. I can give you the tip right now because I'll be I'll be getting any device I can find uh, to stream whatever I can of those in the in the in the time that I have available to do so. Some some high quality first class cricket coming up, and the Cricket Australia app is the place to find it, isn't it, Robbie? You just get on there oh. and have a look at what the live fixtures are and log in via your social network or your, your email address and you just sit back, relax and enjoy. And we, we've had some of our listeners uh, commenting they've been tuning in uh, from all around the world. So I dare yep. say I dare say that um, that website and app will be getting a lot of traffic in the coming days. Well, it should be, Matt, and it deserves to be. So it's um, – no, I, I just like I said before earlier on in the episode, I just, we are so fortunate to have um, so much content for us cricket nuffies to have a look at. Yeah, absolutely love it. Yeah, definitely, Robbie. Well, it's time for us to take a quick break. When we come back, yep. uh, something's come in the mail from up in Queensland, up in Ooh, up in okay. Manus, um, Manus Labuschagne territory, up around the Redland Bay area. So uh, looking forward to exploring that one in just a moment. Hi, this is Alex Hartley from the England women's cricket team. Hi, this is Tino Best. Hey, this is Piper Cleary. G'day, it's Alex Ross here. Hey guys, Rachel Priest here. Hi, this is Renee Farrell, and you are listening to the Cricket Library Weekly with Robbie McKinlay and Maddie Ellis. Make sure you subscribe today on your favourite podcast provider. We are back on the Cricket Library Weekly, our very popular segment. Now, Robbie, I was in Peak Hill during the week and took a nice little photo of uh, a Peak Hill postage stamp when the price of, when the price of a stamp was seventeen cents. Imagine, <laughs> imagine how full the mailbag would be if it was only seventeen oh. cents to send us a question. Anyway, uh, the, how the mailbag works for those of you new to the program. Send us a postcard with your cricket-related questions and we will answer the best ones on the program and send a little, um, a little pack out 
with the cricket library bat stickers, which are yeah, they're they're having an impact out there in the community. There's there's a few of them doing the rounds, and yep. oh gee, I'd love to see one in the WBBL one day. I'd love oh, to see it'll I'd, happen. I'd love yeah. to see it. I'd yep. One hundred one R Bungle Gumby Road, Burrabadeen is the address. Postcode two eight three zero, and this one's come in from Natalie at Alexandra Hills, which is up in the beautiful Redland Bay area up there in Brisbane. That's just, I think it's oh, sort of on okay. the south, slightly south part of Brisbane, uh, Manus Labashane Territory anyway. Um, and I like the start here. She's catching on, Natalie, to the the naming of the show, The Cricket Library Weekly. We shorten it to CL, yeah. CLW. But she said here, De- Dear CLW, I've been enjoying the WNCL this summer. Well, who hasn't? And uh, and was wondering if you know if Megan Dixon is any relation to Graham and Ken Dixon, who were long-time administrators in Queensland. Now, Robbie, I thought I'd throw this one to you. You've been covering the WNCL, and you you probably got your finger uh, closer to the pulse there. Any any intel on Megan Dixon for us? Well, yeah. First up, I did. I enjoyed watching her on Monday. Oh very well in the game against um, uh, up at the at the Allen Border Fields against WA. Now, I, I've done a little bit of research on this. In fact, I've tapped into a former um, Queensland Fire and Brisbane Heat WBBL coach, Andy Richards. Oh, um, yeah. Great he, guy. He did a bit of work with Pakistan, didn't he? He did too. Our batting coach, assistant coach there, Pakistan. Anyway, I asked Richard, so Richard said no. Megan is in no relation at all. Uh, she's from Townsville, comes yep. from a family with an indoor cricket background, uh-huh. Matt. Um, but a, 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 a lovely young girl. Uh, she, she went through the, the system, played in the um, youth girls, under-15s and under-18s championships. And, uh, yeah, it's really a game. She reminds me a little bit of um, uh, Hannah Darlington. Oh, uh, for, yeah, that's a for, big rap. Uh, New South Wales. So there you go. But, yeah, so no relation, but... Matty, you know, of course, the Dixon family, and I know where that would have, your ears would have pricked and your eyes would have bulged because the Dixon family, that name Dixon has been synonymous with Queensland cricket. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Ken Dixon, a long-time association with the Sandgate uh, Redcliffe Cricket Club where I used to play. Uh, they play out of Deegan, uh, and there's actually a Dixon Oval there. I think I made my debut for Sandgate Redcliffe on, on either the Dixon Oval or the the Barsby Oval, uh, to to the be, Barsby Oval, yeah, yeah. Trevor Barsby played at Sandgate Redcliffe. Of course, Gemma Barsby uh, plying a trade uh, oh, down right. at South Australia this summer in the WNCL, and the late Graham Dixon was actually CEO of Queensland Cricket. Now, Jimmy Marr tells yep. a story. There was a Shield final when Queensland just absolutely piled on the runs against Victoria, and uh, apparently Graham Dixon came down into the Queensland change rooms and said, um, "Hey uh, Jimmy, can we have a chat for a minute? There's a there's a bit of a problem." And Jimmy says, "It's six for eight hundred and fifty. What what could possibly yeah. be the problem?" And Graham says, "Oh, I've just found out that the uh, Gabba scoreboard, uh, when it gets to nine hundred and ninety nine, it clicks back over to zero. So." <laughs> 
we've we've either got to get a, a makeshift number one up yeah. there on the scoreboard, or um, <laughs> might might be time to declare soon, mate. So <laughs> that's oh. that, that's apparently the backstory. And um, yeah, Chris Hartley talks about that that, uh, as, that as well. So if if you want to hear more about Queensland cricket and great stories, Chris Hartley, former guest on the Cricket Library podcast, that's well worth a listen in in the back catalogue there. But uh, both Graham and Ken wonderful contributors to Queensland yeah. cricket over a number of years. And, um, yeah, just I, I, when I, when I saw this mailbag come in, I'm thinking, Oh, I wonder, I wonder if there is a link there, Yeah, but, yep. um, and- not to be, but that's all right. We'll, we'll be supporting Megan Dixon all the same. And, um, let's, let's the hope. The name will live on. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, 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 yeah. Family of indoor cricket. So now Matt, just on that mailbag address, I, this is quite funny too. I know you um, you sent a some bat stickers down to the south into the Murray region. Yeah, 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 yeah. And without disguising uh, who it was, I, when I presented them to with the uh, envelope, I had I hadn't opened it mm-hmm. and it was addressed to the person. And he had a look on the back. And he said, "Oh, is that the real address?" He said, "I thought it was just a, a makeup one." What? I said, "No." I said, "No," <laughs> because he thought Bungle Gumby and Burrabadine was just you know. A, Bit of a same, a fictitious name. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. So, be, be, yeah, because on my on my driver's license, the address is actually I, I get a choice. So when I go to renew my oh, driver's yeah. license, I get a choice of Dubbo. Boring. Sorry, Dubbo. I love Dubbo, but it's yeah. no, it's not as it's not as good as the next two options. So I've got Dubbo, Barabadine, or Bungle Gumby Ooh. as my is suburbs. Bungle Gumby. Actually, mm. a suburb, is it? Yeah. Well, technically, it's, I reckon there might be about six houses that qualify to be Bungle Gumby, and, and mine's probably one of them. Matter. But, uh, matter. yeah, at the time when I moved here, I, I stuck with Bungle Gumby. So, yeah. But I I consider myself to live at Burrabadine, and that's, yeah. So, anyway, it is a real okay. address 101R Bungle Gumby Road, Burrabadine, New South Wales, 2830. Send us your postcards like Natalie has done. And we'll try and answer your questions to the best of our ability. And guess what, Robbie? I reckon we're nearly time up, aren't we? Uh, yeah, we're time up. The, oh. the time has come for us to bid everyone farewell. A massive thanks to Laura Jolly for joining us. And we should mention too, the Scoop podcast is yes. absolutely exemplary. A, a a wonderful insight into women's cricket and if you're not going to listen to our podcast, get on the Scoop podcast immediately because it's it's a great place to find out all the latest intel around uh, women's cricket at the moment. So make sure you do that. Subscribe to both. I mean, yeah, we've got no problem with that at all. Uh, and massive thanks to Natalie for sending us in uh, her question. And, of course, a massive fiction. thanks to Matt Fiction. What a haiku yeah. poem. At short notice, he's delivered the goods once again. And, of course, all of our loyal listeners, we are very thankful for all of you and the feedback we get via the social channels at Cricket Library on Twitter. And, of course, all of you who subscribe on your podcast providers such as Apple Podcasts, iTunes, etc. This has been Robbie McKinlay and Matt Ellis for the Cricket Library Weekly. Bye for now.